Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, blue Kool-Aid drinkers, happy April. And by April, I mean the draft is here. This is draft month. This is what we live for, the Lions draft every year. Am I right? So this week, we really dive into Ed Oliver a little bit. We didn't get to talk about him yet. We had a big pro day. C.J. Anderson, the running back from the Super Bowl contending uh, St. Louis Rams, (laughs) Los Angeles Rams. The Lions have signed him. So we discussed that. There's a little disagreement there for sure. Um, the Lions fire their pro scouting director. The Eagles. Oh, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know about my feel- feeling about the Philly fans. So the Eagles trying to get rid of the Lions Thanksgiving uh, doesn't go over so well with us. And then the most bizarre thing, cell phone breaks. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury from the... Arizona Cardinals, we talk about him and his new policy that is very controversial. And, well, we, we dive into it a little bit. Maybe a little bit too much, actually. And then finally, if you didn't see the news, the Alliance of American Football, or American, well, you know, AAF, whatever it's called. It doesn't really matter what it's called because it is now bankrupt. So we dive into that a little bit, and we might talk about the new league that's coming out next year. That's right, folks, the XFL is back. We want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we apologize for not getting it on last week. There was a family thing that we had to deal with. So we thank you for being patient and getting back to us this week. It's draft month, Lions fans. Now, before I get to the podcast, I have to take my cell phone break. Uh, Got to go on Twitter and all those stuff. My coach said I could. Time for the pod. This is Drinking the Blue Kool-Aid, a Detroit Lions podcast, where lifelong Lions fans, you, Jay, Rug Dog, Bob, Connor, and I'm your host, Big Z, to talk about your favorite team, the Detroit Lions, where victory isn't just talked about, it's earned. One pride. Let's get this podcast rolling. All right, Blue Kool-Aid Drinkers, we are back. It is April, the month of the draft. It is 939 on April 2nd. And we are 26 days away, am I correct about that? Uh, Away from the draft? I think you're right. Or 23, 23, I think. 23 days away. Anyways. Too many. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is what keeps the offseason kind of exciting. Uh, But... To bring up one player uh, that we didn't talk about uh, as much in reference to the draft, I just wanted to bring him up. And this guy had a big um, workout. He didn't work out at the Combine, but he had a big pro day, and that is Ed Oliver. Did you guys see his numbers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 475, 40-yard dash. Keep in mind, he's 281 pounds, and he's 6'4". He ran a 4'2'2" 
uh, short shuttle, which is the 20 yards, which is faster than Saquon Barkley. And he ran a 7-1-5 cone drill, which is equal to Nick Bosa. The only thing so I didn't see was his bench good. press. What, what did he do in the bench? Um, I don't, I'm not sure if he did the bench press at his did pro he, day. Did he do the bench at the combine? Okay. He wasn't at the combine. He, I thought he, he did field drills at the combine, I thought. Um, we'll have to look this up here right now. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. You're right. He had 32 reps on the bench at the combine and a 36-inch vertical jump. Oh, that's right. Um, 36 inches at 281 pounds. Damn. Yeah. Well, I watched I watched the film of some of his agility drills at this uh, pro day. Man, <laughs> it's pretty impressive. For a guy that so, big, he's so pretty, agile. Uh, oddly yeah. enough, I'd say his 40 is his least impressive stat. <laughs> And his 40 was equal to that of Tease Tabor, our quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still so, thinking there's a bum ham or something there. Yeah. Well, I'm still waiting for it to heal then, if that's the case. <laughs> um, th- so if people are not familiar with that, Oliver, he went to Houston. And he, he played in a 3-5 defense. It was a really strange defense for a player of his athleticism to play in he he played the nose guard basically and he would take on double teams constantly I mean he he would never get a one-on-one matchup and he still had over like double digit um uh sacks or uh tackles for loss tackles for loss is the word I'm looking for it, it was amazing the stats he put up considering how many double teams and even sometimes triple teams up front that he had to deal with this this guy is very, very athletic. I kind of worry about his character a little bit just because he was caught yelling at his coach. Uh, cause, and maybe this is the coach's fault. I don't know if you guys remember uh, on the Sports Center highlights or something like that where he was arguing with his coach on the sideline after his coach tried to take the sideline coat off him and give it to one of the players that was actually playing. It seemed like a – I mean, I don't know much about the situation, but from that little context and – that's about all I've known of it is that it sounds a little petty on the coach's part, but, uh, yeah, I mean, but I mean, he also made a huge scene of it on the sideline as well. He was like, had to be restrained yeah. by a few players. It was a little, a little odd. I mean, maybe it's just a one-off thing. Because... Hard to say without true insight, like insider knowledge. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then he played with, uh, he had a bad knee towards the end of the season. So he didn't play in the bowl game or the last I believe a couple games of the season as well. So that, that, that has made his draft stock a little more interesting because he was uh, projected to be the number one overall pick as of a year ago. And then some people, you know, like yeah. Nick Bosa and Quinton Williams improved greatly and it kind of changed his draft stock. But this guy, after that pro day, it just kind of reaffirms uh, to me that I, I'd rather have him over Montez Sweat at least. Uh, yeah, I have mixed emotions on Montez Sweat. I mean, he, he had a pretty productive college career. I watched. He was pretty good, and uh, his speed is unbelievable. But uh, I don't know. There's I don't I can't put my finger on it with him. He's that never really the guy be, that I want. That seems to be a kind of a common thing I pick up on. Like a guy with his measurables, how is he not the number one dude? Like there's nobody else that compares to him measurably. I mean, he outdid. Uh, Josh Allen at the combine. He's got like an inch or two on him, height wise. He's got a couple pounds on him, and he blazed that forty. And he produced two years in a row doing ten plus sacks. So I mean, or well, I think he might have like nine the year before, but he had twenty two sacks I think in two years. 
I mean, the guy has produced that all along the way. He's checked every single box, tore up the senior bowl. But for some reason, like, people – like, there, he's still not up there at the top – in the top five conversation, which gives me a lot of pause. I just think they see yeah, him as do... more of a speed guy and not a necessarily a technique guy. And when you get to the NFL level, uh, that can only take you so far. And I think that's the a little bit more of the is the one thing you can learn. Well, I mean, that's, I mean hopefully, hopefully you got to get coaching stuff. But, yeah, not necessarily. I agree with well, that. Well, you can coach technique. I'm, I'm not saying everyone he will necessarily learn it. I'm just saying you can teach technique. You can't teach speed. You can't teach height. You can't teach jumps. You know, you can't, uh, you can't teach all those things. And he checks off, like, every box in the elite category of those measurables. And technique now is the one thing a coaching staff can take over for. Now, see, you got a point with the technique thing. Now, uh, Rud Dog, you say you can teach technique, but you can teach it doesn't mean he's going to learn it. That's what I mean, <laughs> that's not what he I said he, you might not necessarily I, learn it, but technique is one thing you can teach. Oh, okay, yeah. I, you know, there's plenty of guys in the NFL that can just are one trick ponies and and are effective being that. And he he may be very effective being that, but as far as being the elite top five thing, I, I don't think he has quite. All the things he needs. When that, well, when that, it, go on. In the never-ending um, comparison of the Lions and the Patriots, um, the Patriots love these type of guys that are really good at doing one thing, and they maximize that one thing to its like its greatest potential in a lot of ways. Like Kyle Van Noy, a great blitzer. He doesn't do much else um, well necessarily, right. but they utilize that to his full ability and make it uh, impactful. So that in a way it would get me excited maybe by getting Montez Sweat. I just think Ed Oliver has more potential and he's a little more versatile actually with his athleticism overall. I was watching this video so, recently on a, someone did a breakdown. It, the, the video focused more on, it was actually focusing on uh, Joey Bosa coming out and they compared him to Von Miller in the video and they showed a clip of Von Miller just torching around an offensive tackle. Like, cause they were showing that Bosa doesn't have the quite the speed and explosion to just go right around tackles. He has to create angles for himself. But they showed Von Miller doing it, and Von Miller can just burn around these tackles. Well, well, freaking Sweat ran a tenth of a second faster than Von Miller in the 40. I mean, and you watch his film, and this dude just blazes the edge. I mean, and he's, you know, he's also three inches taller than Von Miller, got about 10 pounds on Von Miller. I'm, I'm not saying he's Von Miller. Von Miller's a stud, and he's you know he, he's proven his technique and other things can get him there. I'm just saying, there that's part of what gives part of all the like, all the amazing things about him is what gives me pause because you would think a guy with all those things would be just an obvious top five draft pick. That's all I'm saying about him. I mean, if we're comparing Von Miller and Montez Sweat, I, I just think Von Miller has way more, and that, I think that's that shorter stature of Von Miller actually works in his benefit. He's able to get underneath the arms of those longer offensive tackles, and he has that elite bend, that ability to get low and maintain a high speed that I don't think Montez Sweat necessarily possesses. Well, yeah, I don't know about that. Usually, though, you feel like, I mean, I've never heard people going after the shorter guys in ideal pass rushers. It tends to be you want length to keep tackles off your chest and stuff. So, I mean... I, I don't know about that part, but I'll give you, like, the elite bend. I don't know if uh, Montez what has the elite bend. Yeah. Hey, I mean, see, t- see, 
Yeah. Just for a second, get, getting back to the Ed Oliver thing. How do you think he fits in with the Lions here if we were to get him in the draft? Oh, I think he fits like a glove. I think he, I think he would fit perfectly in, uh, in this offense as an edge guy. I, I can even see him as a stand-up. Um, I know some of the way like that J- the Davion Clowney is used on Houston as as yeah. an outs- as almost as an outside linebacker type. The the Patriots were famous for taking Ted Bruschi um, in the third round. He was a defensive lineman, a big, uh, burly defensive lineman. I forget where he went. I out of college. I can't remember off the top of my head. But anyways, it converted him into linebacker, and I, I yeah. feel like that. A lot is what um, Ed Oliver can project, at least in this type of versatile defense. He can put his hand in the ground. He can stand up on the outside with that athleticism, especially that size. The, 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 lo- the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions love that kind of size because that kind of size just—it's hard to push somebody off the line, and that's what helps uh, the linebackers get to the um, to the running back and not allow those linemen to get to the linebackers in the second level. Here's a good comparison. Well, if you if you want to look at someone to compare him to, look at uh, well, and well, everyone compares him to Aaron Donald. First of all, he's also two inches taller than Aaron Donald. He only ran marginally slower than Aaron Donald, but his agility is elite. Uh, but just look at Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers is six two, like two sixty or something like that, and he ran like a four nine in the forty. I mean, you know, if you can put him, you can put Aaron, if you get, not Aaron Donald, Ed Oliver on the edge, there's no reason he, I don't think he can, he can thrive in space. He could, th- like, like Big Z said, anywhere. I think he could fit anywhere on a defensive front seven. Exactly. In, I mean, inside linebacker already, if you want. He's already proven he can play nose tackle, so, and take on double teams with his college tape. Right. So, um, but, mm. You guys are trying to sway me, man. <laughs> I've been, I, I've been, I've been all on the Devin White uh, train here. I'm still on the Devin White train. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I do. But you're enticing with some of your uh, scenarios here. So. Well, he's an enticing yeah, prospect. Right? We're gonna say. I have no. Sure. This draft is so unpredictable at the top. I, I kind of love it. Yeah. That's what makes it fun. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, this is this is my uh, this is my pick right now for the Lions that I want him to get. Is that Oliver? If, if he as, gets like, to as us. A, as a realistic possible option for us. I think it is possible. I mean, uh, the NFL Network this week had uh, Quinn and Williams going to the Lions today. That would be a dream come true. But <laughs> That would be amazing. I, I still don't see that happening. No, but, I don't either. You never <laughs> saw that draft talk, man. That is, you're right, though. It's, it's kind of fun. I mean, I'm looking yeah. at some of these prospects, and, like, I think there's, like, I know Joey Bosa is, like, so highly touted. And the dude is going to be a stud. I don't doubt it, but he is a I stud. Just... He plays for the San Diego Chargers. Oh, the other guy, the one... <laughs> Nick, oh, Nick, Nick Bosa. Oh, anyway, okay. I'm okay. looking at Nick Bosa, and I'm just feeling like there's several prospects with greater upside coming out than him. Like I, I, there, I think the thing you get with him is you get a, a, a sort of certified, guaranteed return, but like. You got guys like Ed Oliver and Josh Allen, and I feel like I don't know. There might be another one. Sweat. I I I won't put him up there just because I don't think he's he's got a higher ceiling definitely, but I think his floor is too risky. But I'm just saying, I think there's a few defensive prospects coming out with higher ceilings and not that much lower floors that I could see going ahead of Bosa. 
And then, I mean, it, when you start throwing in some offensive tackles and quarterbacks, depending on how teams need, I could see Bosa taking a little tumble. Not a big tumble. I don't think he makes it anywhere near out of the top ten. But I just – I'm calling it now. It's a bold yeah. prediction. Bold prediction. I wouldn't be shocked if he's there like a pick ahead of us or two picks ahead of us. I mean, maybe uh, really outside that he's there for us, but I doubt that. I'd be a little shocked, to be honest with you. I think everybody would be shocked. He's a modified I'd be a lot shocked. top three pick for certain. I know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying. Uh, there's something about some of these. Like, I don't know. I don't. Everyone puts him ahead of Josh Allen, but Josh Allen is like a like a, a jackknife linebacker. He, he can, he's a jack-of-all-trades linebacker. You could play anywhere on your defensive front, and he's a little more athletic than Bosa. A little, he, he dominated. He basically made that Kentucky defense a uh, real, like, real competitive team. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. You're just attracted I, to the next shiny toy you see. That's all. No, I mean, there's. I'm talking yeah. about some real damn good players with some huge upside that everyone's putting slotting after him, and I could just see some teams taking their shots on him. We'll see what happens, but that's my bold prediction. Well. Speaking of uh, good good players, I'm going to tell you about one I don't think is good at all, and that is the recent signing by the Detroit Lions and it's C.J. Anderson. Good at all? <laughs> <laughs> what? I, he had he had a few good games last week. I know I, I got to drink the Kool Aid, right, boys? I don't know. Last, last, last season, last season. Well, I mean, uh, he had 480 yards I, in five I, games I, to get basically get the Rams into the Super Bowl, but you know, I mean, that's pretty terrible so yeah that, that's that's kind of shitty dick I mean, I mean you look at the dude he's a little bowling okay. <laughs> ball I, there's no way he's worse than blunt i mean that well that's the thing like it can't be worse but i would i would like to be you know i would like better i would like four uh, four and a half yards of carry out of your second running what back. did he average like seven last year i, I don't know i thought i heard seven but four see running... see why are you so down on it man i mean he I was know. very productive at the end of last year He's on track and now for he's a hard season, easy. Didn't you? See? I need some cool. I need some Kool Aid for Didn't sure. Didn't you read the article? He's all inspired. He's going to lose ten pounds. He's going to be like unbelievable. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> I this is. Uh, Don't you believe him? Oh boy, you know, I would love nothing more than C.J. Anderson to be extremely successful running back for the Detroit Lions. Let me start by saying that. But now that I've said that. I don't think he's the right answer by any means. This is a guy that could barely find a team last year. He finally found one, but he performed very well. I mean, this, when him coming in the middle of last season reminded me of Kevin Smith. Do you remember Kevin Smith? Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah. He came in the middle of the season. He played against the Packers or the Panthers. Ran for 160 plus yards, I think, in that game. Ran well the next couple weeks and then faded down the stretch. This, the same thing happened to C.J. Anderson this year. You mean the Super he Bowl? He played three good games, and then he he was nothing against the Saints and nothing in the Super Bowl whatsoever. And, I and th- yeah. I mean, th- that's because he finally had some attrition on his legs. How, and I, how dare – There's a reason this guy couldn't find an NFL team for 75% of the You're year attributing this those is... shortcomings in those games to his legs and not to the fact that he was playing two of the top teams in the NFL that year? I feel this is just a signing that's more a reaction to those few good games rather than what his potential is for an entire season's worth of I mean, as a, I, don't I mean, see him as a third-team running My prediction personally. is that he does 
my prediction is he doesn't even make the opening day roster. I hope so. Yeah, I hope okay. it's because we got someone else who's better, but I hope so. I want to draft a running back, and I want that running back to beat him. I, out. Well, my my hope is that, that you got carry on center and then Anderson on the lineup. But I do want to see him draft a running back too, though. Me too. Uh, mid mid to later rounds, but I do want to see him draft one for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And we like that Snell guy from Kentucky. He's he's kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but. My my, I like the late round pick of Dexter Williams as well. If we could, if it works out, from Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that one too. <laughs> dude, yeah, you guys, you guys don't say. You guys don't. Dude say. came yeah, in. Yeah, we do say. Unbelievable. <laughs> we do say. We do indeed. He came in and changed the face of that offense last year with his burst. I'm just saying. Uh, He'll turn you into another. I, I would. That would not that would not uh, inspire me by any chance. By any well, then we well, better tell the Lions if you're not inspired. We better not make that move. <laughs> um, the, the the other good running back prospects that come to mind is Mike Weber, um, Sanders from Penn State. Those are just the guys that come to the top of my head. I'm trying to remember the entire list. Um, There's a yeah. couple of Damian ones. Damian, Damian Harris, Josh Jacobs, both running backs from Alabama. We know those. The Detroit Lions love an Alabama running uh, – Alabama player, at least. I don't think Josh Jacobs uh, is going to be there later when we're looking for running backs. Damian Harris, though, might be there. I'm like the – I'm thinking running back is – unless you just have a value prospect lineup earlier on versus all the other talent, I'm thinking no no earlier than the fourth round. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Maybe a third rounder if there's a guy like Rodney Anderson from Oklahoma that's available or – Elijah Holy, Holyfield is more of a road grader type running back that could be available. Darrell Henderson's a burner. That guy's a. I kind of like the idea of a burner a little better than a grinder. Him. I feel like Carrion's a pretty good sized back. Zender's a pretty good sized back. Like then, I, I feel like I'd like a skill set that we don't have. Because I mean, even if we get a burner, that doesn't necessarily even replace Riddick. He's just, he's but someone who can actually torch an edge or or you know hit a home run would be nice. Yeah, no, I agree. And if you're looking for a guy like that, Darrell Henderson from Memphis, um, hmm. he might be available in the late second round, early to mid third round. So that's the guy. There's not for much well. speed available as far as guys that have tested at the combine, though. I think the four. Yeah, four, well, four he, was he's the one highest. of them. Yeah, he ran. He ran a four four. So. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fast enough. That's not. I don't know if that's a. That's not really a burner in the NFL, but. Four four. That's pretty that's fast. Four four's fast. It's just, I mean, that's that's not, you know, you're not going to torch safeties easy. The that. fastest this year was four three one by a wide receiver. That's what so I just said. Oh, oh, by running back it was four four though. I mean, I'm saying that's great for a running back. I want to call it great. I mean, what did Java's best run like a four three two or something like that? I mean, I'm just saying though that guy I consider a burner. My my mind a burner is. Yeah, and he lasted a long time in the NFL. What does that have to do with anything? His speed was a, a, a <laughs> phenomenal. I just wanted to throw something back at you. Yeah, well, <laughs> received and returned. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, no, I, a four-four would definitely be the fastest running back on our roster. I'd be happy with that. 
Yeah, I, I would love to have a Darrell Henderson. It, depending on where he's drafted, though, we'll just wait and see. Um, moving on to more Lions news, I guess, is an interest, something interesting happened today is that the Lions fired uh, their director of pro scouting, Brendan Prophet. Mm. Uh, he, is, he, he, was, he could not foresee the future that uh, was coming to him. They must have determined it was a profitable decision. You got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Man, weak crowd, weak audience here. Weak audience. So what do you make of this, Z? I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just the it's constant churning, looking for something better all the time or what? Or well, this guy just dropped the move? ball or what? They, well, they haven't hired anybody yet. They're in, they're searching. So the, you got to think like, they have someone in mind. When they, they started turning it over earlier than that, too. Who, who – uh... The dude from Jacksonville who's been there for a while, too, got fired. Was it in this, this offseason or last offseason? Uh, you know, uh, Shafts uh, or uh, not. You know, uh, the dude that was uh, they brought in was under Caldwell, I think it was. Um, he was the head. I don't know who you're referring to. He was, like, the head of, like, player scout. Uh, uh, shoot, I can't remember the dude's name. Well. He wasn't fired this offseason. Uh, the only other guy, the only other top guy fired this offseason was their cap guru guy. He, they got him. They fired him. him. And the Cardinals picked him up. And then the uh, Lions picked up the What's Cardinals. What's that guy's guy? name? Yeah. Um, I don't have the I think that's the guy I'm talking about, the... though. I'm just saying he was like a part of personnel acquisitions of the cap. Yeah, but not scouting. No, you're right. I was thinking. It's a whole was... different thing. Oh, the Mike Disner was the hire by the Lions this year. And they fired Matt Harris. That's the guy they fired. I don't mind them, man. You keep you keep churning these guys up there too. I mean, get the get the right combination. Don't stop improving. You know, it's just an inter- it's interesting. Um, a lot a large part of this job is um, scouting. You know, players within the NFL, especially for agency. So Lions had this big free agency hall, and then they let the guy go that was largely in charge of uh, notifying. Identifying the type of players to go after in free agency. So maybe, very uh, interesting. Maybe he went I, na- naked through a drive up or something like that. I don't know. You know, <laughs> who, who knows? Yeah, you, you never know. I, I would love to be like a fly in the wall in these like in team meetings. I really wish there was. More, I really wish uh, it was like something like Hard Knocks that we were on. Yeah. No. That would be nice. Yeah, I want it so bad. Hey, see, I wonder you, when they. You know all these deadlines. Yeah, when do they determine, man? That one I'm not so sure about. That one's always – it's uh, it just kind of pops up. I would, it's usually around draft time, I feel, though, when they make that type of announcement. Or they wait – I can't remember if they do that or they wait till the oh, summer. Oh, man, I hope so like, bad the NFL forces their hand. Uh, so bad. Yeah, me too. I, w- I want to see him on – I want to see the inside workings of Alliance. I think it would be great. <sighs> Why don't, why just, don't you want to see that, much, G? Yeah. There's not much. It only, it only hurts our team. That's why. I no, it doesn't. Like it. How does it hurt uh, Marketability. It we, you get marketable by winning. That helps. Yes. I, winning's the best way to market yourself, not by being on hard I didn't knocks. say it was the best way. I just said it was a way to improve it. So well, you can you can also become a laughing stock too. So see, so. you have no you have no interest in seeing the inside workings of the Lions so, as they prepare for. Even season. though you just said you'd like to be a fly on the wall, it's, you're saying contradicting things. Explain yourself. I don't think it'll hurt him that much. I, personally. I, I, no, I said I wish. I didn't say I want. 
<laughs> I don't what? think it would hurt him. <laughs> I I only see it as a negative in terms of like a competitive advantage. Because all these other teams watch and they pick up on the smallest of things. You never but, know. I just don't like. I don't like. I believe you just what you just described <laughs> is a distinction without difference. But yes, uh, I I mean I understand the logic of behind. Like that, they're employing. Of course, they don't want people on the inside putting cameras all around and stuff. Well, that's their problem, and I want them to overcome it, and I want to watch it all. <laughs> so, as a fan, I they you know figure it out. You can get past it. You know, if they're worried about people figuring out like cues and stuff, just be smart. Use counterintelligence. Send some false, false uh, information in there. Some points, you know, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Don't you want to hear the constant beeping from Patricia when he's coaching out there in the field? <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. I will admit that. Uh, who do you, wait? Who do you, who do you think is the main star then of Hard Knocks? Like, who's the one that? Let's just let's just imagine. Let's just imagine that the Lions are on Hard Knocks. Who do you think uh, is the uh, character? That, I think it would have been T.J. Lang, but he's gone. Uh, <laughs> I mean, true. I don't. I mean. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Stafford. He's too kind of. I would say Snacks Harrison or Darius Slay. That's a good. Yeah, is that like a couple good picks there? What's like the standard? Is it like I don't really watch Hard Knocks because Lions aren't on it. Is it like uh, is it like the most like colorful people you mean or like I feel like Jared Davis would be a pretty prominent figure on there because he's very a vocal leader. Yeah. Uh, no, he he'd be a more boring Hard Knocks guy probably. I feel yeah. like he's very uh. Yeah, but sometimes you're He's surprised by like a like a assistant coach or some guy, like like the Browns yeah. last year they had that assistant coach who who just <laughs> oh my goodness got Bob famous Wiley. overnight. It was hilarious. That but he's comparing him to World War II soldiers and all that. I mean, you never yeah. know. It, it could be anybody. I feel like Patricia but... would be a pretty big star on there. Honestly, I don't know. I I think he would be very wary of the camera and be. Uh... Uh, it don't matter. They're gonna have those cameras everywhere. He's going to be himself. You yeah. have to be. You got to ignore I, him. I do feel like the team has some say in what ends up uh, being shown on the show as well. Well, so I don't. I don't, know, I don't know how it all works. It's a very interesting dynamic that they have. I'm sure Matt. I'm sure Matt Stafford and his wife would be showing. <laughs> yeah, show as well. right. Especially Matt Stafford's well, wife. Yes. <laughs> Just put me down for one to see it. Me too. So. All right, it's fair. I I would rather. I think the Raiders would be fun to watch. I couldn't care less. Yeah. If they fell off the face of the earth tomorrow, I would not notice or care. Well, that'd be amazing because that means the earth is flat. Not necessarily. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, was this a physics podcast? (laughs) Come on. Have you ever heard of dark matter? (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, going off our docks, the inner workings. There's a very interesting story that came out this week, and I think you guys have some opinions about it. And that is a, a story about Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Uh, he just he, – he, Yes. Giving his players cell phone breaks after – this is the one that gets me. I'm not, I'm not against the cell phone breaks thing as much necessarily as the fact that he's giving it after 20 to 30 minutes during a meeting to get I, their social media fixed. I think it's That's ridiculous. A, I think it's a – What? I think this whole thing is, is so stupid. I mean – Come on, these are professionals. We're, we're trying to win a Super Bowl. You can't dedicate – you can't go to class and pay attention for an hour? Come on. It's a, Put the cell phones away, man. Jeez. 
pick him up after practice when you go home to the wife and all that, and you can catch up. This is ridiculous. You're in the middle of a meeting, and you're going to take a break for uh, your social media. You know, while while their meeting is going on, they're going to be thinking about what they're going to be doing in their upcoming social media break. They're not going to be paying attention to the class. You know, I mean, it's I think it's backwards. It's, to me, to me it, it puts a weird <laughs> emphasis on social media in a in like a training camp practice environment where like your sole focus is getting better and getting ready for the you know the season. Is so, that like? I mean, I get like like why even make it like you know fine if you want to give them breaks. Why do you call it a social media break? I mean, it's just like to me, it's it's just like it just. These guys are supposed to be like freaking warriors, man. This is their profession. This is their career. Their whole life. All they have to do is focus on becoming better at their craft. And you're going to put some sort of emphasis on something that's totally peripheral and probably ultimately distracting. I think it's idiotic and, and, and just sort of – it's like a – is he a millennial? Because he's acting like one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean he is. He, he's thirty nine years old. He's pretty young for a head coach uh, in the NFL. Not the youngest. Uh, Sean Gavay still the youngest, and I don't think they have cell phone breaks like this. That just that makes uh, no sense either. to me. Like a break. <laughs> do you think break. the Do you think the Patriots? Do you think the Patriots have these cell phone breaks? I well, I would think you, not. No how way. Do you, how do you think Bill Belichick ma- uh, maintains his robust social media presence? I he's mean, still got a rotary <laughs> phone, Bill Belichick. He still got a rotary phone in his on his desk. So, yeah, he. I mean, I think he called Twitter the tweeter one time during a yeah. conference. So, I think he called it Face Chat and uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah and, Face and, Chat. No, Snap Face and uh, Snap Face, Snap Face. That is the one. Oh my <laughs> that god, was the one. that was hilarious. That's amazing. That's like that's like on a TV show where they want to like refer to a a social media. I saw this a lot on the show Castle. He'd be like. Oh, you're on your like your face page because they don't want to pay for the rights to say the name. <laughs> it's, so, it's so goofy. I, no, these guys need to be dedicated to their craft, and and I'm I'm old school, and I'm like Patricia. This is why I'm so on the Patricia bandwagon because I believe in this old school passion about the game of football. He wants guys that are as passionate as he is. Uh, he wants a bunch of guys working toward the same thing with extreme passion and desire, and that's what he wants. I, and now you're going to just throw cell phone breaks in here? Yeah. That, Here's great. my question. If these Stupid. players can't, you know, be expected to maintain focus through an hour-long meeting, what happens during the game? Like, if the guy's been, like, in there too long, does he – like, he's got to come on and be like, Coach, I need, I need to put out a tweet. I just can't pay attention out there. Well, you, you know, know like, the what? rules committee did consider a, a, a social media break during the half, <laughs> uh, you know, dur- during the first and second quarters. It's scary that I find that almost halfway believable. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, too. Uh, the, another funny thing about this to me is that Cliff Kingsbury, uh, he was not a very successful coach at Texas Tech, and yet he got an NFL head coaching job, which is just amazing. The fact that he never yeah. finished above 500, and he is an NFL head coach. Um, that, that he said, uh, I did this at Texas Tech, so I'm going to do it here now. Oh, yeah. You think if you, <laughs> you think if you at least were a successful head coach that you would maybe carry some of those things oh, over? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, like, but carrying uh, – uh, so, oh, like, This just makes me so glad we got Patricia and not that guy. Because you know what? Although, you know our... <laughs> to, to me, I also think, too, like, it's like a, it's a shared hardship thing. If it really is a – 
a hardship to like go through meetings and not have your social media breaks. Like, I mean, that's something then you go through as a team and that makes you bond a little bit. You know, you, you, you know, you had to suffer all those hours of film without updating your Twitter and, and Instagram and stuff, uh, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's still like just blows my mind. I'm sorry. It's <laughs> I know. It's me too. It really does. And you know what else blows my mind is that um, over the owners' meetings, um, the Eagles proposed that the Lions and Cowboys not play uh, home games every Thursday going forward. The, yeah. Now it never got what? to a vote. Well, you mean? Yeah. Well, you mean as go as, far on, as, Thanksgiving. as Thanksgiving. On, uh, on Thanksgiving. Sorry. Yes, uh, the Lions and Cowboys not play a home game every Thanksgiving. They tried to change that to the to. Uh, them switching off who plays the home game every year, and then a different, and then one would have to go on the road. I get where yeah, they're coming are... from, and I don't blame them because they're another team. But the NFL should quash such things because there's something where it's to be said for tradition. There, it it did yeah. get quashed. Yeah, it never it, got it, to it, a vote or anything. Yeah, I mean, other other teams have done this in the past too, though. I mean, they brought it up and and it's failed every time. I I give the NFL some credit here for sticking with tradition. You know, I mean, yeah. I know the Lions aren't everyone's favorite team on Thanksgiving Day, but man, it's just something to be said about tradition, you know. And hey, uh, there are there are favorite team though. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, I'm talking about the NFL, you know, in general. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, purely yeah. on a fairness thing, I get it. Like, like other teams have to play away games on Thursday nights on short weeks, and that can, I guess, there is some strain there. But like, yeah, I mean, you still, it's at that tradition. It's got hey, the Lions yeah. invented it. And, and you know it was what? our idea. The Lions aren't like the spineless like Lombardi, that Vince Lombardi guy who couldn't handle facing us once a year, you know, uh, on Thanksgiving because we would always knock him out of the playoffs. You know, I still don't get why they named a trophy after that guy. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know that. Like, okay, do I really have to do a little refresher? The Lions and the Packers were perennial. Player. No, you don't. Do, you don't have to refresh I heard that. Of what? Just the. Oh no, the anti Lombardi. Oh. Uh, okay. Obviously, thing. I'm just being ridiculously harsh on a, a formal rivals coach. Okay, I'm just whatever the guy was, whatever. But anyway, I, yeah. No, I'm just saying. Like, I do not want to lose that tradition. We should not. We should protest on the streets if they ever try to take it away. No, the, the only thing that bugs me is that it was done by Philadelphia. As I've said on this podcast before, I hate Philly fans. Uh, uh, me too. The worst in football. So, so of course it's a it's a Philadelphia that's proposing True. this rule. That's that's the that's what I got out of it mostly, more than anything else. <laughs> the fact that Philadelphia just continues to try to bother me in different ways. <laughs> I, I did. I, I've heard that they are yeah. out to get you, Big Z. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it just always seems they're around, you know. It, it, I mean, they they try, they they haven't, but you know, they're definitely on my my radar. <laughs> For bad, lack of a bad word. place to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I wanted to touch on one more thing that just came up um this evening actually. I don't know. Were you guys into the American uh? Alliance of American Football League. Nope. A little bit. I caught a. I oh. caught a couple games. Yeah. Well, you'll be catching no more games because I know. It's, gone <laughs> it's already gone. Bankrupt. Oh my god. Yes. Eight games. They were two games away from uh, going 
to have their first playoffs. They ran <laughs> out of money. Oh, um, they had to get an emergency $250 million investment from the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, wow. Uh, he came in midseason. He tried to change it up. They tried to get the NFL to lend their practice squad players to play in the league at no additional cost to the Alliance of American Football. And the uh, NFL Players Association was having absolutely none of that. Well, there goes Johnny Manziel's last shot. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wait, there's still hope because next spring is the XFL. What? Again? Oh, yeah, that's it's right. Re- it's returning. Big Flick Man, he uh, just sold a bunch of WWE stock. He sold $250 million worth of it recently to help invest in that league. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and that was already after selling $100 million of stock uh, two years ago to start it up. So I, I would just watch off the XFL. They have a Bob Stoops and a Jim Zorn as a couple of coaches. I just don't see coaches. him catching on. Honestly, the well, AFL seemed like it had half a decent chance, but – yeah, but if they I mean, can combine wrestling with football, though, you know, like like when you sack the quarterback, you got to pick him up and slam him on the canvas, you know, or, yeah. or on, the, on the field <laughs> have like or something like scripted games, like flying elbow tackles, you know, and crazy stuff like that. Yeah, Ooh, that'd be awesome, man. They could make it like NFL Blitz back in or like, the day. Or like so. players could come off the sideline to make tackles and crush guys when they weren't well, looking. <laughs> Well, they they kind of did this once that that once already, right? When they they first did the XFL. Oh uh, yeah, they did. But and it was, I mean, they had the famous, you know, instead of a coin toss, you roll and get the ball. That was cool. That was cool. <laughs> it, it wasn't cool for the guy. Uh, I, I think there was at least seven different shoulder injuries as a result of that. I believe. When I, that, that's what the documentary said, at least. There were some guys that literally ended their season trying to go for the ball on the opening. I'm honestly surprised rollout. people want to invest so much money because I just don't see these things sticking anytime soon. I mean, I mean, the NFL is truly a behemoth when it comes to Oh, no, it is for and sure. It, it is. And I just don't think, like, these things offer enough of something unique to – and, like, making gimmicky rules doesn't intrigue me personally. I, and I – I mean – at least the yeah. AF. I thought the AFL at least was halfway right because they try to stay closer to the real game, but like with with some innovative rules. But I, if, if they can't do it, cause, I mean, look at the star power they had. They had a lot of ex NFL players and guys that like really big college stars. And if that can't get off, I just don't see. Uh, I don't see the XFL doing any better. Yeah. Well, the NFL is so matured now, you know, over the years. And the thing is, like. We as Lions fans have like lions burned, etched into our brain cells. Like, you know oh, what yeah. I mean? That we, we can't live without the lions. It's like if you took the NFL away, we root some other, you know, it's kind, don't of, have sad, isn't kind it? of loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But it's etched in our brains oh, that we can't get it out. There's only one team we can root for. That's it. Oh, yeah. Sounds like you're addicted to the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. It's okay. awesome, man. I love the Kool-Aid. I'd probably drop over dead <laughs> if I stopped tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All I got to say is don't underestimate Vince McMahon. Uh, that that guy is a successful dude. So you, he is. Yeah. Maybe he'll know how to market makes, it better. It, yeah, I mean, he did it once. Did you know the first XFL game uh, when they first did it? It had 54 million view, viewers. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and and then the second game they had, uh, there was a power outage, and then they. Uh, That's right. So they they lost half. They they lost half the game, 
And then the viewership went down way down after that. It became not trustworthy. But that power outage was huge. Someone in the TV yeah. crew truck forgot to put gasoline in the generator. Or something yeah, there was, like that. there was good all over there with a mask on, pulling the lever on the power. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> you I, highly recommend, I highly recommend that XFL uh, ESPN 30 for 30 if anybody gets a chance. Mm. Yeah. Well, get to me, though. They, they had, they had one of the best nicknames of all time in that league. Uh, a guy he heard they could put nicknames on the back. No, he hate me. He hate me. He hate me. Yeah, <laughs> that was a great that was one. Perfect. Perfect. I mean, what gets me though is that like, as much as everyone craves football, you know, in the off season, like we're obsessing over these like arbitrary numbers and all these scouting out all these prospects and all this stuff. It's like. You would think this would be prime time to throw an alternate football source in, in, in like, and like to entertain people and sort of scratch that itch, so to speak. But it's just nothing seems to stick. It doesn't really satiate anything. Yeah, I mean the the Alliance of American Football had good TV ratings actually, so that wasn't the issue. It was more the uh, money and funding and. Yeah. Wow. They, they they had a they had a payroll issue and things of that but, nature, so it was kind of a bad business. But is it aren't TV rating? Yeah, I was gonna say aren't TV ratings sort of like the crucial thing when it comes to those those businesses? Uh, not not in this case necessarily, but that goes that's all another tangent. Yeah, we don't need to go on that. Um, I just wanted to touch on that a little bit just because it's yeah. kind of noteworthy. Because uh, they were trying to be basically the minor league of the NFL, and the NFL said no. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the NFL did show the games in NFL Network, but they wouldn't go that far in terms of lending their players. I thought the practice squad thing was like perfect. How else? That's a great way. You would think that'd be a great way to like develop young players who aren't going to get much of a chance otherwise. But, huh? Yeah, but they don't want those guys getting injured playing in a different league either. That's for yeah. I guess that makes sense. So. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. Um, we apologize for not having one up last week. We had some things come up. Uh, but we are back. Uh, we'll be very active getting into the draft uh, in a few weeks here. And it's a very exciting time of year. This is the Alliance fans' favorite time, you know, trying to think of the Lions Super Bowl, baby. Draft strategy. Uh, oh, yeah. We got to start coming up with some mocks here pretty soon in the next week or two. Oh, yeah. That would be fantastic. That would yeah, be fantastic. I think that's what we need to do. And, uh, yeah, we'll have some other people on uh, outside of our, uh, you know, Blue Kool-Aid crew right here um, to give their opinions as well. So we'll look forward to that. And we just want to thank everybody for listening. If you like what you're listening to, please um, share this with fellow Blue Kool-Aid drinkers. Or even if even if they're not Blue Kool-Aid drinkers, you know, if they come on here, they'll start drinking the Blue Kool-Aid. Yeah. Maybe I slip, really believe it. I really believe it. Slip them someone. <laughs> they're not looking. <laughs> Who wouldn't want oh, yeah. to hear our, you know, excellent wisdom in things football so uh, exactly yeah. <laughs> uh yeah it's a shit's of wisdom yeah mitch trubisky <laughs> when did you get here uh i was just listening and uh, i thought i'd uh, like i'd join in <laughs> um please leave a review and uh we just and please just keep tuning every week. We really appreciate it. Uh, last but not least, uh, gentlemen, Rudd Dog UJ, go go, go. Lions. forward down the field.
a charging team that will not yield. And when the blue and silver wave, stand and cheer the brave. Rock, rock, rock. Go hard, win the game. With honor, you will keep your fame. Down the field and gain a lion's victory. Go! Go. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.